Hey friends, welcome to Still With You. My name is Coley Browning and I am so excited that you've joined me for another episode of the podcast. While this is rolling out, a hurricane is coming in for my friends on the Gulf Coast. Be praying for their safety. Hurricane Sally is at this moment a category one, but we are praying in the name of Jesus, it will dissolve completely. Speaking of my friends from the Gulf Coast, I loved hearing you all react and respond to my friend Jonathan's testimony on last week's episode. If you have not listened to it, episode 70, make sure you go and check it out. But right now, I want to talk about you. Have you ever found yourself discouraged after reading the Bible? Do you often set unmet expectations or rules for yourself to follow in what your devotional time should look like? Maybe you do not even know where to begin or you're burnt out and struggling to understand scripture. Feel zero shame. Whether you are seasoned or just beginning your walk with Jesus, this is a battle that every believer has encountered. The Bible is living, breathing, a love letter, a roadmap, and a life tool for you to use and explore in depth. And even stronger than the opposition of the enemy trying to keep you out of the word is God's love for answering your prayer and asking for wisdom to understand it. I am convinced that this is one of his favorite needs to fulfill because the Holy Bible was written for you. You are designed to understand it. You are designed to crave it. It is meant for you to grow closer to God. And today I brought a friend to help answer your questions as well as mine. On this episode of Still With You, Carla K. Whitehead, author of one of my favorite devotionals, Anchored in Faith, Trusting in God's Character, dives into sharing practical ways in how we can understand scripture. Sometimes it's as simple as getting your hands on a helpful app or giving yourself some extra grace. As Carla says, we don't enter the world knowing how to drive four wheels. There is true beauty in every step of this journey of learning. Writing is one of Carla's most beloved ways to connect with others. There's something about being loved by Jesus that she cannot keep to herself. Not only is Carla an incredible author, but she is also a licensed counselor practicing in Mississippi where she is from and blessed to reside. She loves helping others and she is here to help you understand and explore how to read your Bible. It is a great honor to welcome to Still With You, my amazing, beautiful, wise friend, author Carla K. Whitehead. Have you been on any other podcasts besides Unpacking with Erica? No, not since hers. This is the first one post of Erica's podcast. Again, from listening to Erica, I learned that you went to college in Mississippi. Are you originally from that area? What did your life look like kind of early on? Tell us yes. a little bit about yourself. <laughs> of course. I am a Southern girl at heart. Um, I was born and raised in small town Macomb, Mississippi, which is about an hour and 15 minutes from Hattiesburg, which is the college town that I went to. So I left to go to college 2009 um, after completing, of course, you know, through high school in Macomb. Um, and so I went to the University of Southern Mississippi and I've been in Hattiesburg ever since. Um, I graduated in 2013 from Southern Miss. Some people are so funny because they say I don't look as old. I mean, I'm not old, but you know, they, they say I don't look my age. No, you are not old at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. 29. So I graduated in 2009 um, from high school. So it's just been an interesting ride, you know, going through my 20s. Of course, a major chunk of that being at USM. Yeah. Um, in 2013, I graduated with a degree in speech pathology, but God is so funny because he rerouted me to pursue what my true passion is, which is counseling. Those years after I graduated included some failed attempts, some detours, trying to kind of figure out what it is that God wanted me to pursue. Because at the end of the day, I knew that speech pathology, although not a terrible field, but I got into it because of a suggestion from someone that I knew. Um, and I want to work with children. Children are my heart. Between that um, and my heart for children, I knew that I want to do something that that would kind of put me in that frame, but I didn't necessarily want to teach. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. God is so funny because he detoured me per the suggestion of one of my sorority sisters. She let me know that there was a job opening at a school in Hattiesburg, actually back on the campus of USM, um, a little small school for students with speech and language disorders. I was able, of course, to use what I did in school. And I thought maybe I was kind of on the right track, but you know, like when you really don't feel that passion for what you're doing, it just, you just know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I understand that. 
it wasn't something that I knew I'd be doing for the rest of my life, but I knew that, okay, I want to work with children. This is a way that I can do it using the tools that, you know, I had. Um, I worked as a teacher assistant from 2015 and I just resigned in May. In between that time, um, in 2017, I was at a workshop for my job and God used that workshop that I was at. It was about discipline. He used that workshop that I was at that was located actually on site at my mm-hmm. job to confirm that I needed to pursue counseling. And that's something that God does with his, his word or what he does. You know, he gives you something that you know that, you know, this may be something that you may be needing to pursue, but he'll always come back and confirm it if it's really for you or if it's not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what he did um, in that workshop was just mind blowing. Later that year in December of 2017, I started a master's program at a university in Hattiesburg and I pursued Christian counseling. So it was my second degree. Wow. My days now are a lot less hectic <laughs> because I've, like I said, completed my you know degree in May. I graduated in May. And so, you know, praise the Lord. For that. <laughs> yes, congratulations. Thank you. So yeah, I can take some extra time and pursue some other things that um, I enjoy, which is one, one of my passions on the side that I've been able to pick back up is playing the clarinet, which I started back in like middle school. I'm just grateful to be on track with God and pursuing my passion at this time. My goodness, I feel like I just unpacked a box that I did not even know about. <laughs> that is big life change that you just resigned and moved into the field that God called you in this year. Are you working with clients? Where are you at in your journey in the mental health field? You know, with everything going on with the pandemic that put me, of course, as a um, upcoming recent graduate back when everything, you know, blew up um, in a in a tight spot, because of course, we know counseling is a face-to-face profession. Um, and, yeah. you know, a lot of clients, they do better with just, you know, just being in that room with that that counselor getting that counseling that they need in person. Plus, of course, for the therapist, it's you know much helpful because there are things that we observe for our clients that it's easier to see. Of course, if you're right there you know, in the space of the person. Of course, as any you know upcoming graduate, you have plans of searching for a job and having that solidified before you graduate. You know all the things that you're you know quote unquote supposed to do. But of course, <laughs> with the pandemic, that put me in a different space that also tested and stretched my faith. And so I think it's just timely that God had me release the book, you know, the second book, Anchored in Faith, that during that time period when I was finishing it up and releasing it was literally, you know, in in one of the biggest tests of my faith in my life. It is so evident that you love the word of God, reading your work, even hearing you speak in conversation, like you absolutely love the word. God places certain people with the heart of a teacher to be able to teach it in a way that we can understand. God's given you that. And I'm so I was wondering like where that started for you. Like where was that journey where you fell in love with the word of God? I definitely appreciate you saying that you see that within me because I think for people who are truly pursuing God and and it's from a genuine place, I think it it helps to hear from other people that you see something in someone in that of that nature. So I really do appreciate yeah. that, you know, for what you were saying. Just know, just thinking about like teaching and writing and 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 living the word of God for me, it definitely was not you know something that came all at the same time, and it made sense at the same time for me to just you know take it and run with it. But when it did come to fruition in the different times of my life, it had been able to be cultivated over time, and for me, collided in 2016. Prior to that moment, I didn't grow up in the church in a traditional sense. You know, I was just in church every Sunday and just able to just be around people that shared about the word of God. I remember even being in like grade school feeling like, wow, I really don't know as much as other people know, you know, with that God is just so intentional that he just brought all of those passions together, even though earlier I mentioned that being a teacher per se in the classroom was not my passion. I couldn't argue with you that I definitely do have a passion for teaching in a, (laughs) in a sense. I'm like you as a little girl, I love writing. I love reading. Um, I'll just sit in my room and write, you know, fill up notebooks and journals and, you know. Oh, it's the best. I have like so many journals from (laughs) my childhood. I totally did that. Yes. Yeah. So just have a love for words and learning. And two, with the writing, it was therapeutic for me. With things that I felt like I couldn't really tell anybody else, I would just write it. And of course, as my journey with God would evolve, you know, later it would become things that I would write to God in Mm -hmm. prayer. But because of my joy of reading, I remember at my house um, in Macomb growing up, there was this big red children's Bible in the house on the bookshelf. And I would pick it up and read parts of it here and there because nobody really told me what exactly what it was. I guess as a child, they may have figured that I wouldn't really understand. But because of that time of reading passages in the Bible, 
I wasn't exactly saved at that point, but a seed was planted. That's what I appreciate the most of God being so intentional because he just plants seeds or he uses other people to, you know, mm-hmm. plant seeds. He uses some of us to to water, but of course he brings the increase. So that passion was planted for reading and writing at a, at a young age. Also that seed for Christ was planted at a young age. And so um, the teaching part came in, it budded when I was in band, you know, when I brought up about playing my clarinet, I really do. <laughs> I so love it. Um, I would have played in college, but I wasn't able to take up that opportunity because of like timing and school just didn't just didn't quite work yeah. out. But um, I never stopped necessarily playing band in high school and in middle school. That passion for learning the clarinet, you know, was, of course, cultivated. And over time, I would be asked to help teach some of my other bandmates more about music or um, about, you know, of course, my other friends that play clarinet. Um, You know, we would, of course, have, you know, practice. And a lot of times they, you know, would ask me to help. It was fulfilling for me to teach them. Uh, what I knew just because I cared about seeing others be their best. I enjoy people being their best. And so if there's something that I know, you know, that can be of help. I don't, like you said, I don't, I don't mind being generous with the information. By the time I graduated from high school, um, I was saved. I remember actually <laughs> kind of bringing in my little brother mm-hmm. to be saved with me. I was watching this um, show on TV. I think it was probably like one of those late night infomercials, which really people are like, you know, like stay away from, but <laughs> God was able to use that still. And I got the general message through Jesus Christ, I could be saved and that, you know, he died for our sin. He did it out of love yeah. that, you know, changed my heart and it pricked my heart at that age. And so I was able to take that and run with it. I would say the culmination of, you know, those experiences coupled with some things that had in college, uh, they collided in 2016. I began to feel that tug to start a faith-based blog. And from there is when I ended up publishing my first book in 2018, which is Anchored in Peace, a 21-day devotional. The television show that you said many people are like, be leery of. I love that God can take things that we don't give attention to and that he can use the most unlikely things. And also, I would have totally been your friend in high school because I was a band girl as well. I played the trumpet and I played for six years and I always would watch my the clarinets because they would always sit in front of me. I love that God <laughs> used that too. Most definitely. Yes, everything, you know, has its place in our life and he uses any and everything to be able to get us to where we need to be. So I definitely agree. Hey friends, I'm interrupting my conversation with Carla to talk with you about something that you know I am so passionate about and absolutely love, Brave Witness Clothing. Brave Witness creates custom clothing that encourages believers to dare to walk bravely and boldly in the life that God has called them to live. If you want to get a sneak peek of the photos and how my amazing jacket turned out, you can go to Brave Witness on Instagram. Their handle is Brave Witness Clothing. You can also shop there as well. They are an Instagram only site and you can place your order by sending them a message through Instagram, Brave Witness Clothing. Our friends at Brave Witness have something special just for you. When you use the code still with you, so this would be you DMing them the code still with you, you will receive 10% off your entire order. Again, just mention still with you, 10% off your entire order. Feel free to share this if you like. This is something that I am so excited about because I want all of my friends to own their own brave witness jacket flannel this company is brilliant creative and the possibilities are endless in what they are able to do they actually hand paint all of their work so my jacket is hand painted i gave them a little bit of an idea of what i wanted and they did the rest i love my jacket i'm wearing it all the time now and i'm so excited to share with you how it turned out use the code still with you on their instagram only site brave witness clothing and receive 10 percent off your entire order So a month ago, I sent out a survey to all of my friends who listened to the show. I'm so grateful for them for taking the time to just give me feedback because that's so helpful in knowing how I can best serve them. One of the things that I asked was, what are some topics that they would be interested in hearing and learning more about? And the topic learning more about the Bible and theology and how to get in the Word of God was rated really high. I knew that I wanted to reach out to you because I know that you're doing the hard work, God calling the teaching out of you to teach people how to read the Word 
word, sit in the word and be intentional. You make it a personal experience, but through your devotionals, but you also keep it so clear. And I think sometimes we overcomplicate what scripture is and we definitely sometimes yeah. misinterpret that, what it is or take it out of context. Every time I've read Anchored in Peace or um, just even as following you via social media, you are such a good teacher of that, as I've mentioned. And so I wanted to have you on to help some of my friends who have this desire to get in the word. And I'm not going to sit on this side of the microphone and pretend like I have it figured out. I've been walking with the Lord for a long time, but I still have so many questions about the Bible and like what it looks like to be in it daily and taking advantage of all the resources for me to dwell in it that I didn't realize I had before. So I did want to give that clarification for my friends that I'm not here pretending like I know what's going on all of the time, but I do have a heart to learn. And I, from what I'm understanding that's what our friends want to know. I will also <laughs> say that <laughs> definitely not <laughs> the expert, of course, on anything, but I do appreciate you. I'm like you said, you know, you just notice, you know, certain gifts and other believers. And since we are a body of Christ, I think it is important that if my right arm is not as strong as holding, you know, this particular thing, but you know, my brother, my sister in Christ has a strong right arm on, you know, like, like you said, on that trumpet, like, <laughs> no, hey, that's not my strength and that's okay. Yes. I wouldn't be able to tell you a lot about a trumpet. Actually, I, I know a little bit, um, but just because I know that trumpets and clarinets, they share notes. And I think that's so deep. Every time in band when we would tune, we would not tune to each other. We would go to a clarinet. Yeah. Oh, I feel like this is prophetic. <laughs> Come on. Everyone would go to our first chair clarinet and look to her because like a leader yeah. that we would all have to be around her and would tune our instrument to what hers would be. You can take that as you want. I, the Lord just <laughs> dropped that in my spirit right now <laughs> to share that with you. Hello, girl. <laughs> Wow. I, mean, I, I didn't really want to say that earlier because, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to boast, but I, I was the first chair pretty much my whole high school career. So that's awesome. You can boast about that. When you yeah. were first chair, like you rock that first chair. <laughs> look, honey, because all the work that went into that, I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. For real. I agree. It definitely, you know, makes a difference to know, um, you know, where strengths and weaknesses are and weaknesses are not a bad thing. You know, of course we're now perfect. Yeah. Just to start with what's something they can do to just get started with the Bible. I won't get too far down. Um, talk about a little later, but I do believe that it is a valid concern for believers, whether you're new to the faith or you've been walking this out for years. I'm like you. I'm one of those that for years I've had to learn, unlearn. There were just lots of things that go into the progression of it, of course. And, you know, I haven't arrived. No one will arrive on this side of heaven. I believe that because the Bible is a big book, you know, whether you believe it or not, when you see it, all you see is a big book, <laughs> you know? Yes. And as a new believer can be automatically intimidating. If we're just real, it can be uninteresting because the jargon just seems like, like, what are you talking about? For those who are looking to get a little deeper into the Bible, whether you're new or seasoned, I would definitely suggest a study Bible. Mm -hmm. The ESD study Bible, I think would be a great start. Study Bibles are helpful because a lot of the legwork is done for you. So people like me who just, who kind of geek out at, you know, studying scripture and getting a better understanding and presenting that for others, a study Bible does the exact thing where it provides commentary, it gives you resources for material that you could look up on your own in the text to explain the meanings of words or background about where the text was located or even culture or context. Because like you said, Coley, that context is so important. So yeah. I believe definitely that it's important to start with some bite-sized pieces of the Bible and something like that would definitely include getting a study Bible. Okay, I'm going to get real specific with some of my follow-up questions if you're cool with it. Sure. A friend of ours bought a study Bible and they're opening it up. Where do you think that they should begin? I remember when I first started with the Bible, I was told to start in Proverbs because of course it's the book of wisdom. But over time, I've kind of seen some of that commentary about where to start change. And so I've seen different leaders suggest the book of John, which gives you in-depth um, insight from John's perspective about the life of Christ, which is a new believer, the life of Christ is just a great thing to have a, a grasp on um, and understand. And it, it just makes your life, you know, rich to know that Christ went through all of this because mm -hmm. he loves you and wanted to make sure that this life would not be the end all be all for you, but that there is hope for an eternal life. I think the book of John would be a great place to start. 
also the book of Acts, which gives you information about the early church. And I think that will be great to provide you some context about why we go to our local church and why Assembly of the Believers is so important. Yeah. So I think those are two great places to start that I've seen, you know, just kind of in updated research. I love Proverbs because it's so practical. I can use mm-hmm. this in my friendships my relationships with my family. Like there's so much like basic life knowledge that are so good. And then I agree with you too, yeah. digging into it to apply to how we actually live, which is following the life of Jesus and how he lived every day. And then also you're so right, like applying to our local church. Here's another question that I have for you, because this is something that I used to and sometimes do get caught up in. Sometimes as believers, we think that we have to sit in scripture for like a certain amount of time. We make up rules for ourselves. I'm going to have to do this this way. I love to read the Bible in the morning because I feel like God put it on my heart to like tithe like the first part of my day. So I'll get up a little extra early and do that. But then again, like lead by your own convictions of what the Lord's calling you to do. But what? how would you address some of those? We probably put more on ourselves and like the Lord never said you have to sit with a cup of coffee with your Bible wide open looking like a Pinterest inspo hey. picture. <laughs> Most definitely. That's going to teeter on the the edge of um, legalism, kind of like, you know, the, the Bible refers to with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, just having to follow rules for, you know, this relationship with Christ to be correct. And I I mean, disagree with that ideology that, you know, you have to do this at a certain time or you have to read three chapters, you know, every day, you know, for you to be quote unquote, a good Christian. But like you said, um, it's not meeting some type of quota, not wanting to just appear, <laughs> you know, you don't want to be like a, yeah. a plastic, you know, piece of fruit that on the outside, it's perfect on the inside. there It's hollow. There's nothing there. It's not sustainable. You know, as you were hinting at that to your own convictions, as far as spending that, that time with God, God is such a, a, a relational God that he seeks to more so have a relationship with you that's genuine yeah. than to have you be this quote unquote perfect Christian or have a perfect appearance um, or really just have an appearance of being a Christian, but not truly have the fruit of the spirit that will eventually it'll show and your devotion time will get longer. Um, you know, you may, like you said, feel that conviction to wake up in the morning. Like that's a sweet time that God wants to meet with you. So, you know, as you study more about God and, and draw close to God into Jesus and, and they'll draw close to you. So in that, you know, we don't have to put on airs for God mm-hmm. or appear to be anything that God didn't call us to be. So I definitely would say that that could maybe help rest the fears of those who listen that you do not have to be this perfect Christian, but definitely allow God to work on your heart. And as you grow with him, just as a child grows, a child does not, you know, come out the womb and start driving a car. Oh, that's so good. Yes. Yeah, there are things that have to be worked out through a process. And it's not a sprint, but it is truly a marathon. I love that. If a kid falls, no one's like shaming that child and be like, why did you fall? They're like, oh my gosh, they fell. Like, get back up. Yeah. And that is so true. I've known the Lord for a while, but I... I'm still like having like so many revelations about the word. Also, Mm -hmm. I just bought a study Bible in my entire life. I do not know how I've gone this long without it. (laughs) I don't know what I relied on, like maybe YouTube, like watching like the Bible project post-college. I bought like an NSB Bible and then I moved to like buying a study Bible. I love that there is a tool that helps do the legwork for me. I can read a verse and then immediately look and see a description to help me apply it to my own life. So grateful for that. Um, You mentioned like legalism. I have heard, I don't necessarily feel like I have a lot of friends who do this or I don't do this, but I've heard so many people who are scared to mark up their Bible. Can you address that, that it is okay to mark and scribble and write question marks wherever. Yeah, I've actually not heard or seen that be done. I guess maybe I would assume maybe it's in in just giving reverence to the scripture. I think it's like out of perfectionism that I think that would be such a cool idea, like out of reverence. (laughs) I think like they were afraid of like what it looked like to put down like what they were feeling as they were reading. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that that definitely, (laughs) I would say teeters on the the legalism scale, which of course, you know, no condemnation not judging, but yeah, but you do want to, you know, call out things in truth and love. And so I do hope that, you know, the heart for those who feel like they have to, like I said before, kind of just present this appearance, whether it's of Christ or if it's of ourselves, Christ doesn't need any help. <laughs> you know, he's perfect by himself. He's great. <laughs> he's <good. laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as us, the only perfect person that walked this earth was Jesus when, you know, he was wrapped in flesh and he 
he took on that the only perfect person was Jesus. So I think um, it would just be so, so helpful for friends who may feel like they have to do that, that to know like God loves you. He loves you too much almost. It's really okay. Like you said, to just, you know, be real with them, put yourself out there. And hey, if you, if you want to write in your Bible, write questions with question marks, underline, highlight, bend pages, like do what you need to do because God can't bless who you pretend to be. Um, I've heard that said before, you know, he can't, he can't bless who you pretend to be. That's good. Yes. Your Bible should be your safe place. It is just yeah. you and God. Your Bible should be the place where you like fall into the arms of the Lord. And so it is okay if it looks messy. It is okay if it looks jagged and raw and real. Like that is where like the Lord wants you to be. Yeah, most definitely. Because the word is compiled of experiences and testimonies of people that were just like us. I love that because it's relatable. <laughs> you know, like the word is is so much more relatable than yeah. people make it out to be. I would say my main motivation for just digging into the word like I do, because I see so much of myself in the people that, you know, that are mentioned or some of the stories or the parables or like, you know, in Proverbs, you know, um, just so many things that can be applied. Three things that I would give as tips for studying the word. Number one would be prayer. Number two, utilizing strategy and resources. And number three would be fellowship with prayer, like I said before, God is so relational and he loves us so much that he wants us to feel comfortable coming to him about anything. And we can ask him for wisdom and insight about his word. So with that, if you seek to dig deeper into the word, a great place to start would just be to pray. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be, you know, long and drawn out. I've not always done this. So definitely don't think, you know, Carla's just like, wow, like, nah. (laughs) But like I said, you know, I was a baby, you know, in Christ. I'm maturing, you know. I I wouldn't say that I'm just like I said, like not at any place that I've arrived. I think in prayers, it's a, it's also kind of a cuss word, you know, for some people. You know, we don't quite understand it. You know, it's just having yeah. an honest conversation with God, and and that's just what He wants. And so, you know, you can just pray that you know, God, you know, I'm I'm looking to gain, you know, more insight about Your Word, and I'm I'm seeking You on what what was inspired by You. You know, help me to understand um, what I'm reading, or is there something You specifically want to look at? Just ask Him. You know, He fights that. Number one, pray. Number two, it would be to utilize strategy and resources. And I think about when we're preparing for a big exam, you know, in school or for any exam, really, in most cases, people's strategy for studying doesn't include reading the textbook from start to finish the night before the test. (laughs) So, So there are strategies that you would employ that are practical and are helpful um, when you want to study for a big exam. Those same things as far as like having strategy is what you would want to do for the word. We said earlier that the Bible is unique. Uh, You don't have to start at the beginning. So just like we said, you can start in John or you can start in Proverbs. Starting in, you know, somewhere in that ball field would be great. It gives you something to kind of stand on before you get through the rest of the Bible, because it, it is a very large collection of books. Also, I would suggest having other translations readily available for you to read or switch over to. You know, you guys can definitely relax in knowing that you're you're no less of a believer because you don't strictly read the Bible in King James. So True. you may have gotten a little Bible from someone off the street who may do street evangelism. And um, a lot of times those little Bibles might be the King James version. And so I think a lot of times people are just, you know, discouraged to think like, well, I can't read this because this is like archaic language. Like, what is this? However, I do actually like the King James version, but that's because I've grown to actually understand what the scriptures are saying Mm -hmm. in a different translation. I can come back and be like, wow, like I do appreciate this for what it is, but it took reading different translations. So just like we said with the study Bible, start with the ESV or start with something that will be a lot more palatable. And my favorite translation right now is actually the Amplified Bible translation. It just gives you a little more extra information about what you're reading as you read it. And so it does what it says. It amplifies basically like the scripture. It, it just makes it make a lot more sense. And so actually in my second book, that's like the, the main translation that I wrote in. I'm just because it's just easy to understand. Just some other resources would include um, like the version app for, you know, for your phone, the Blue Letter Bible app, which it helps you cross reference scriptures. So good. I love it. And I actually myself, I just not too long came up on the actual app. I just kind of was like cross-referencing by myself. <laughs> I didn't know that there was a, a app or a site. I think even the site online you can just go to. Those apps, reading devotionals, those are helpful because it just puts the scripture in bite-sized pieces for you. YouTube, podcasts like Coley's. <laughs> and um, I think Coley was saying that she had bought a study Bible. And I think I may have seen on your page that you had the, um, like the MacArthur one. Yes, um, a friend just recommended that to me. It gives me the author, it tells me like what historically it was written, how it's relevant and the backstory yeah. that I need to fully understand. And you know what I'm finding is that I feel like I am on a treasure hunt. God has something to show me 
in scripture that I did not know before. So about the Easter egg right now. I'm like, where is it? I know it's there. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you're able to give some insight on that. It's a prime example. Like you said, it just feeds that motivation to learn more. Those are just some of the things that I would suggest as far as, you know, your strategy will be, okay, let's use the resources, you know, that other people have basically done a lot of the hard work for us. Start with the study Bible, but there are other things that you can add as you become comfortable. Um, YouTube is great, you know, you know, podcasts, YouTube, you know, watching sermons are great too, because because from people who are like solid sources, because it helps you get the Bible in a more easily digestible way as well, you know, because of course the pastors, you know, they they do all that hard work. You get more equipped to study on your own. You get to see like, well, okay, I am understanding more about the Bible, you know, because God will confirm. And so the last thing I would suggest after, you know, prayer and then having your strategy and resources would be fellowship. What Coley and I are doing now, you know, we're talking, we're having, um, you know, a great conversation about the Bible, you know, things where, you know, she's able to tell me about her MacArthur book that she's got. I'm able to share some things that I've learned on my end. And, and those are great things to do with people who are, you know, mature believers, you know, having your local church or trusted friends or mentors or having a small group. Well, those are all things that you can safely discuss, <laughs> you know, what you study. I mean, it's helpful. And, you know, I hope that you guys will have those people in your life that will sharpen you and, and strengthen yeah. you and help you to know that you are hearing from the word of God. Because ultimately, you know, we share all this because we want you guys to have that relationship with God for yourself that you're, you know, you're hearing them and uh, you can feel more comfortable. Praise hands emojis <laughs> to everything you just said, because God is so much about unity that he wants us to read it in part. Like, I'm not kidding, Carla. Like I've been in so many small groups where I have read something and studied a certain story, person of the Bible. I have read that and then I will go sit in someone's living room or just having coffee sharing with someone. I am like, I never thought about that that way. And it completely is so interesting yeah. how God speaks and kind of going back to Isaiah talking about like how the word goes out and it never comes back void. That is like so much of how he works. And another thing that I was going to say that you shared about how you're now at this point where you are like reading the King James and feeling like that is really benefiting you. And um, you just felt like that was a natural growing point in your study life with the Lord. And I want to go back to how you were talking about earlier, how you said that we don't all come out of the womb like driving a car. And I think that's what that looks like. And not to say that it's like a ladder of achievement. It's a natural movement that the Lord will lead you to when you're yeah, being obedient yeah. and just like letting him lead. I could see one of our friends thinking of like, oh, when do I know like metaphorically speaking, like, when do I take that next step? Like get my permit, like, you know, all the, you know, going along with the car theme. And I think like God will just lead you. Like your next step was like getting a King James version because you felt like the Lord was like wanting to challenge you in your faith, reveal more of his love and mm -hmm. character through that. Whereas mine was like getting a study a Bible by John MacArthur. And that was a movement towards, you know, becoming a better quote unquote, again, like driver, you know, in learning. I do love the distinction between, like you said, everyone's walk is uniquely yours. And so you don't have to aspire to be like anybody except for the best version of who God wants you to be. So I think it's also helpful that you actually don't start with an expected end in mind. Like, right. you know, I definitely probably by, you know, the next five years, I should be able to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, you don't know, you know, how God will lead you. I certainly did not think God was going to like have me waking up in the middle of the night to pray. Like, you know, I don't want people to, like, like you said, I don't yes. want people to be confused and think, you know, if I'm not waking up at two o'clock to pray, like, who am I? Like, you know, do I really believe? even God? Like, no, like, I would have thought you were silly to be waking up in the middle of the night. Sometimes I think it's still like, whoa, like, Lord, like, you, so you really want me to get up at this time of night to pray? God will surprise you in what he wants you to do. Like, there's things that I have seen happen in my life that I just didn't even expect. Like, I thought that was for other people. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I didn't think it was for me. Um, so like you said, I think that's like like a key thing that you brought up to say that feel comfortable in your relationship with God. Just like, you know, you would want to feel comfortable in your marriage with your husband. Um, You wouldn't want to feel that our marriage has to look like somebody else's. It's, it's just it naturally progresses. So I think that's the same way that we can look at God. Like we fall deeper in love with him naturally. Um, and he does things and he changes things in us. You know, we see ourselves becoming different in a natural way. And I think that's, that's just awesome. Pure gold. I love all of the insights that you gave. What is your time in 
and the word look like we may want to talk about is that it can vary from season to season. Uh, what I do now is not what I did even a few months ago. <laughs> I love that you say in season because on his side, he operates outside of time. But for us, we operate in seasons. And so I, I think that's great that you said that because last season, there were some things that God was showing me and opening my eyes up to that for this season, I'm realizing that I've had to go deeper. And so for me, he's put me in community with a few ladies that are helping to sharpen me, just as the Bible says, how iron sharpens iron. And so he's put me in group with a few uh, women that I had never met. I actually um, had met them through a praise dance or rather the technical term is liturgical dance, which is, you know, uh, dancing in the church. But oh, cool! yeah, I met them at a praise dance like conference that I helped host it with a group that I advise on um, campus at the, actually the university that I went to. I do dance at my church. And so um, I met them. And since then, we've been stuck like glue. So we call each other the anchor girls. <laughs> so shout out to them. <laughs> Ooh, come on. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, so. I want to attend a dancing small group. That would be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So God, is, he's just so um, intentional and so strategic, rather. Put me in a group with women that from that time that I've met them, we've been in some serious times of prayer. So this season, my life has been a lot in prayer. You know, when I get up and even when I go to sleep, I'm spending time with God in mm. my journal or with listening to a sermon or studying something about a scripture that I had looked up. How I go through my day kind of varies from day to day, honestly. The biggest thing that I love to do is, is to write because I can get out those thoughts. Well, for me, I'm also um, not a verbal processor. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more of an introvert. Okay. So I process more in my head. And so for me, writing is a great way for me to get it out without having to necessarily say it, which I don't mind saying it, but I don't necessarily need somebody else to say it too. I just need to get it out. For me, writing is a great way. Talking to God is perfect because, you know, I can pray out loud. I can write. He, and those prayers are still getting to him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's unique. So yeah, um, whether it's him waking me up. Lately, he's been waking me up at like, uh, between the hours of like 12 and 2 the last couple of weeks. Oh my gosh, at night? Uh-huh. What are you doing? Are you just getting up and praying? Are you in the word or like, are you interceding for someone? Yes, all of that. Oh, wow. <laughs> A little bit of um, background about it. There are different prayer watches throughout the day. For instance, the time that God was waking me up, it was a time that it brought to my attention that something is going on here. A couple weeks ago, he kept waking me up around one something, like a little bit after one, because this was mentioned to me a couple of years back and it just all came flooding back. Well, one of my, actually one of the anchor girls <laughs> had mentioned it. She was like, hey, you have to look up prayer watches. And I was like, oh, you're right. I should. I, when I looked it up, um, it's just, it just gives you information about grouped hours in the day that are called prayer watches. And so basically it helps people who intercede in prayer to basically just be on watch, you know, to pray mm-hmm. so that around the clock, God's people are covered. Yeah. <laughs> God is, uh, you know, calling me to a prayer where it's time between 12 a.m. and it ends at 3 a.m. Oh my goodness. Not me necessarily having to be up, <laughs> you know, the whole prayer watch, but basically th- sometime in that time, if I'm waking up or even if I end up staying up and up at that time, I'm not the night owl I used to be. <laughs> so I know if I'm up, it's for a reason. It's time for intercessory prayer scriptures that I pray, you know, with and to cover either people that I know, cover, you know, churches, the government, nations, um, marriages. Those are some like strategic things to pray for. Between 12 a.m. and 3 a.m. are the times that the enemy um, will seek to send um, nightmares. So, you know, if you ever think like, well, you, know, you wake up and it's like, ah, oh, it's like three o'clock or if it's, or it's like 2.15 or something and you just woke up, you had a nightmare. Between that time, that's usually the time that, you know, the enemy, because you are asleep, you're you're vulnerable. You're usually in REM or rapid eye movement sleep, deep sleep where you're dreaming. You can't defend yourself. You know, you can't pray. If you're dreaming and you're defenseless, Satan will take that opportunity to, you know, try to attack. Dreams during that time are something major to be interceding for. That is also can be the most powerful time for the Lord to speak to us. Thank you so much for doing that because when our friends hear that and when I hear that, when you pray for large groups of people, that includes me and that Mm -hmm. includes the person who's listening to this on their treadmill or in the car. Like (laughs) that is you partnering with the Lord for his glory on our behalf. Mm -hmm. I don't know when you started this, but I will tell you that when COVID-19 started during the first original weeks of that, I dream quite often, but I don't necessarily have Mm -hmm. really bad nightmares. My nightmares were so bad for about two weeks. Chris and I, my Mm -hmm. husband, but we actually like anointed 
our bedroom did prayer because uh-huh. we were like, I should not be having nightmares. You know, this is ridiculous. Yeah. This is coming out of nowhere. We can definitely see that it was an attack of the enemy. We went and prayed in our room. Right. And I don't know when you started praying for people during that time, but thank you so much because I was on the receiving end of that. <laughs> I have not had a bad nightmare for so long. I am just so grateful. Thank you so much for doing that. Praise the Lord, girl. You definitely did the right thing as far as anointing, you know, your bedroom. I do understand that there are people in the body who may not necessarily be familiar with the herb, you know, anointing oil. It's not oil that has the power, but it is that we are using the oil as a conduit for what God wants to do. You can use some olive oil. I mean, you might use some coconut oil if you had it, but you know, (laughs) but there are certain oils, of course, like, you know, like like the frankincense and the myrrh and there's other oils that if God calls you, because I'm not an oil maker necessarily, but I do know someone who is. And so if you are one that, you know, that blends oils together to um, make anointing oils, it's a powerful thing yeah. what God does through using oil to anoint the, the, the perfect thing by anointing your bedroom you know as God calls you to you know anoint your house anoint your car you, you know you can do what you need to do yes but you know y'all on the right tree I got it going on <laughs> <laughs> thank you I love how the Lord works like it's so comforting to know that like I had someone on my behalf praying for me when you pray for a body of believers that includes me that includes you it's not just one person like Isaiah 55 it's like anytime that we say the word of God, like he promises never to leave it void. It it will always do something. It is the only thing that we have pretty much guarantee of. Mm -hmm. And he gives us authority. Kind of talking about the character of God, day like 16 that you write about in Anchored in Faith, you talk about the authority that's in Luke 10, 19 through 20. And you share this in the book, but just says, listen carefully, I've given you authority that you know now to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all power of the enemy and nothing will in any way harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. I love that the Lord has such authority and that he, as like you were talking about, like the conduit of the oil and you're exactly right. It's not about (laughs) coconut oil or the olive oil that I used to cook with. It's about the symbolism that like, no God, like you have your hand on this and like you set this apart, like you set me apart, set my bedroom apart to be a peaceful refuge for me that you want to use. What I want our friends to know too, like anytime we get in the word, like we can be armed with the authority, the love letter that God has for us and the plans for our lives that the Lord is in control. Hey friends, I hope you are loving this conversation with Carla. Isn't she amazing? There are so many other fun, brilliant, wonderful guests that I've had the honor of speaking with on Still With You. If you are enjoying this episode right now, I am sure there are so many other conversations that you will not want to miss out on. And one of the ways that you can stay up to date with a podcast is by subscribing or following Still With You on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Now, let me clarify you. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That is super helpful. And you can follow on Spotify. These are two ways that you not only support the podcast, but you also help the podcast be moved where more people can find it. It's an algorithm thing, but it works. Another way that you can help support Still With You is by leaving a review. It's as simple as one or two words. Great work. Love this show. It means more than you know in keeping this show where others can find it. I read every single review and I'm so grateful for my friends who share. Please, if you want to, screenshot your review and I would love to thank you myself. Above all, none of this is about me. You guys know I have that sign in my office that says, none of this is about you. This is about Jesus. This is about getting the word of God and encouraging stories into the ears of those who need to know him and be encouraged by him. Still With You is a small way that I can glorify God with my words, but it is a step of obedience. Every time I'm supported by one of my friends, my heart bubbles up with excitement. Thank you so much for all you do. Now back to speaking with Carla.
this is an election year. Every time in my adult life (laughs) that I've been in an election year, which has only been two, I've only, this will be the second time that I've voted in a presidential election. But anytime a season like this happens, and even in myself, like I will be the first person to admit. And I see that in my friends, we know the truth. We believe in what the Bible says, but sometimes when a big thing that is very much out of our control to a certain extent, I see that like there's this question of does God have this fear feels amplified with what little platform I have. I want to highlight this attack of the enemy, share Mm -hmm. with our friends. They're not crazy for feeling this way, but also they don't have to choose to subscribe to it. What do you think about that? I wholeheartedly agree. When change comes in any part of our lives, it can be unsettling. Political shifts, as you mentioned, it's no different that, you know, changes and shifts in our government will rock the foundation, you know, your nation. Now, I would definitely be the first to say that, you know, how you feel, of course, is valid because those are your feelings. But as we've mentioned before, there are real agendas, you know, that are out there and that happen first in the spirit realm. Of course, then, you know, on earth, we have a real enemy, not something that we just have to focus on the sense of like, he's a big deal in the sense of like, he's bigger than God because he's not, you know, life will bring difficult seasons. We don't want to be stuck there. But I believe that the word of God is powerful. And it's our ammunition against the schemes of the enemy, especially in this time and the seasons to come when there are times where we're fearful or not sure if our foundation is as steady as we uh, maybe thought it to be. The word um, lets us know that that God, he's our shelter, he's our peace, he's our shield, and he's faithful to carry out his word. And if nothing yes. else, God's going to be faithful to his word because of the fact that, you know, he, he didn't give us a spirit of fear or timidity. Uh, we know that, okay, God will not contradict his word also. When you think of fear, you think, okay, wait, God did not give me this. He's not full of fear. So I know God did not give me fear. And because of that, um, you know, his word lets us know that he gave us a spirit of power, love and a sound mind and that we will have peace. Just as my first book is called, you know, Angered in Peace, um, a Mr. Hectic Life. That is exactly what God wants us to be. Our <laughs> friends would pick up that book during this season. Like, I feel like, can we please just get that in everyone's hand? That book came out of a time where I had to learn, you know, how to have peace amidst a hectic life. <laughs> you know, it was just lots of things going on in my life prior to that moment where the book was birthed. My mom had passed away in 2010 from kidney cancer. Oh, wow. I had literally just started college. My first year of college, I actually just finished it when she passed away. The enemy could have capitalized on that and held me in bondage to still stuck in 2010 because a lot of people told me that like, I don't know if I, you know, if I were you, I don't know how I would have gotten past that. It wasn't me. <laughs> you know, it was peace that God allowed me to experience. And so, like you said, in this time where we have a political shift, you know, the enemy, of course, is going to make it his number one plan to steal our peace and make sure we don't have true peace. Not to um, necessarily promote the book. Um, you can promote it anytime you want here. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I do believe that, you know, Anchored in Peace is for people who may you know, need that extra push to understand how to get the peace, you know, keep the peace, figure out kind of what's going on surrounding this whole thing about peace. I think, you know, my book will be a great addition to your bookshelf. However, um, you know, I do divert, of course, you know, um, back to the word of God um, and, you know, for us to be encouraged that we already have the victory, you know, through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and so anything that comes our way, God already said that we would have trials like in this life, you will have trials. And so it's not that we, you know, have to be caught off guard by the fact that we are attacked or that we do have a, you know, a rough political season ahead or um, or experience of COVID-19 is, is that we already have the victory, you know, through Christ and he gives us principles and precepts in his word to conquer that. I just opened Anchored in Faith where it talks about like rejoicing in your story. You wrote, at times our core is rocked with unexpected trials that happen at seemingly the wrong time. However, in order to not lose our faith, it's critical to remember that those tough times help us learn. There are lessons that we learn that we honestly would not have learned had a life been going smoothly. Even talking about how when you wrote Anchored in Peace, like I cannot imagine what that would have felt like and had the experience of like losing my mom. God is all about the glory and it's Mm -hmm. all about about like the things that he can do out of your biggest pain birth a book that literally I would assume maybe like helped you heal but also Mm -hmm. like helped carry that healing to other people and like was literally a carrier of peace yeah that's so brave of you I think it's Morgan Harper Nichols who even shared this about how everyone says like oh 2020 we weren't expecting this but also what if this is the time that God wanted to use us the most Mm -hmm. even through the election still walking through a pandemic I'm not going to pretend like 
this has just started because racism has been unfortunately going on since beginning of history, even for the time that our country is yeah. having this awakening. Um, and I pray that it continues to be like an awakening to the the social injustice that is happening for our friends of color. I mean, in my lifetime, this feels like one of the darkest years that I've ever walked through. Yes, yes, I definitely agree with that. I've seen people go back and forth, you know, saying how like 2020 is almost a cuss word. Like he almost used it. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> In lieu of cursing, like that's how it feels. And I agree, it has been um, tough. I say it's funny, but just because God is just so intentional that um, he would birth my second book during a pandemic. It, it honestly was not planned. And I didn't know that it would be birthed during the pandemic specifically um, because I didn't know the pandemic was necessarily going yeah. to happen. <laughs> so, you know, as writing the book went on, like you said, um, this year has been tough. Pandemic injustice and the political season has been difficult to navigate. The biggest thing is that he wants the glory yeah. out, of, out of all of it. In any case, the one thing that I do know for sure is that God allowed everything that has happened. There is nothing that has happened that God was caught off guard by that he didn't allow because he knew it would bring him glory. You know, he had the purpose and intent to bring glory back to himself with it. And so I think we can rest even if our feelings make us feel like that stare is um, you know unstable, that God is stable. He's steadfast. He's immovable. But also um, there's nothing that could come towards us or happen to us that God does allow. So Satan only has so yeah. much room. You know, he he can only his leash is only so long. He only has so much um that he can do that God allows. It can help our mindsets and perspectives to see, you know, and take in what's going on that we're going to make it out of yeah. this because he already promises that. There's nothing that he didn't allow. So we know that if he allowed the pandemic not that, of course, he's, you know, a disturbingly, you know, narcissistic God that would just want all these bad things to happen to people. But he knows that in the level of having some type of hardship or pain that our story can bring, you know, lots of glory to God. And like you said, like, you know, what happened with my mom? Of course, yes, you know, I wouldn't have wanted my mom to pass away. Um, but I've, you know, been able to, like you said, still give you know, glory back to God in knowing that if he allowed it, that, you know, she, you know, she's taken mm -hmm. care of and that, you know, I will be okay. And so, um, I can continue moving forward, you know, in honor, you know, her memory and honor, I mean, a guy for keeping me because honestly, I mean, I, I could have, you know, been who knows where. Oh, you could have given up. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I was just coming into my womanhood. Mm -hmm. So I totally understand, you know, hard times, but God is, he's literally been my anchor, yeah. you know, ever since then. And I never forget that someone prayed peace over me. I would just honestly believe that that is what has carried me from that point to the point where I ended up writing a book about peace. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, God is just, he's faithful. He's just so strategic. I'm so grateful for also your obedience, though, to say yes, to not only sit in the word for him to minister to you, but then also take the time to collect this for us. I think I shared this with you. I love that my book has lines in it so I can personally reflect. I, you mentioned it earlier about journaling and about quiet time. And I think that that's good to have a free space for us to write down what we're feeling and praying through scripture. Yes, I'm, I'm glad that that is of benefit to you because like I said, journaling and paper and writing and lines, like I love it. I need it. <laughs> so I'm glad that you appreciate that. Yes. What are some things that we can be excited for for you? Because I have heard about Anchored Apparel, which is coming, but are you working on any new projects as well, like writing? Um, I know that this book just released, so I feel even funny asking about that, especially with just graduating. Congratulations again. Yes, I would agree since I did, you know, just graduate <laughs> and release the other book. I'm not exactly writing on it just yet, but there is a new project, I guess a book rather, that I am looking forward to that God did give me after I released the second book, Anchored in Faith. There is going to be at least one more book, I guess you could say in this anchored series, which I didn't intend on being. Yeah. But there is one more book that's going to be included in that. And I'm really excited about that one because I believe it will be the most personal out of the three. It is going to be another anchored in. And so people have kind of been trying to guess, you know, what that might be, but I will not confirm. <laughs> totally. As long as you like promise to let us know and come back and we'll talk about it. I would love to. Yes. I, I think it'll be exciting. That's the most on, you know, what's kind of new upcoming, at least will be in the works. But as far as something that I do want to pursue, 
Um, and then I'll talk about Anchored Apparel, but um, something I do want to pursue that I am actually working on actively is a YouTube channel where I do want to share my love for my clarinet. And so I will be looking to post videos of songs, like covers of like lullabies for children, kind of whatever else the Lord leads me to play. But I am looking forward to doing that when it is released. We can let you guys know uh, a YouTube channel, maybe two. I may divide the, the clarinet in like my personal YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, I might want to do also just some videos on like my personal YouTube channel with some topics that people might want me to talk about. I'm looking at that, you know, just with the clarinet piece. I'm just really excited about that because I just feel like God was pressing on me to pick back up a clarinet and pursue that as well. So I'm looking forward to that. With Anchored Apparel, that launched in 2019 and it is a faith-based apparel and accessories online stores. So it is catered to men, women, and children. And there are some other additions like faith-based pillows you can put in your space, Mm. things like that. But I'm actually in the midst of relaunching it because I wanted to take some time and kind of tweak some things. And so I have it closed off right now, but you can, you know, for your, you know, your listeners, if you go to the site, which is featured on my Instagram page at Carla K. Whitehead. And we'll put that in the show notes for our friends to find. Yes. So all the information will be the show notes. If you go to the page, you will be able to, or the site rather, you will be able to put your email in and you can be one of the first to know when it comes back. So it won't be too much longer, but I do want to get some things in order with it. So I'm excited that you guys can have the opportunity to jump back in with me. Yes. All the information, like she said, will be in the show notes. Um, It is on Facebook and it is on Instagram. So I'm excited about that. I don't think that your target audience should be for children alone. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I have noticed myself gravitating towards music that is calming that I listen to while I sleep. Christy Knuckles put out an album a couple of years ago. It is lullabies. Many adult friends and people gravitated towards that album because I think like there's something in us that just wants to still be lulled to sleep. I am so excited for that because me as a adult person, like I love that kind of stuff still. I am drawn to it. I love that you say that because more often in the last year, I've been listening to, you know, relaxing stuff to go to sleep and just to be kind of lulled to sleep. And then more recently, this kind of goes more like in the um, prophetic realm, but there's music called soaking music, soaking music uh, or soaking worship. It's instrumental worship worship music. However, those who craft it, they craft it in a way that it's just bringing you sounds that are um, inspired by the Lord. If you listen to it, whether you're just driving or, you know, trying to head to go to, you know, head to sleep, it does something different than just regular mm-hmm. music. You can tell it's been either been prayed over or people who pray before they did it or, I mean, no, they ask for the insight, you know, for God, for the notes, like whatever they did, you can tell it's anointed. And so I think it's funny you say that because I was kind of actually struggling trying to figure out you know, how to cater to my adult fan base as it pertains to that. I knew I had the children a lot because that's like my heart. And so I was like, well, yeah, what can I do? Yeah. And it's funny because I actually was thinking of covering worship music in the vein of what you're saying. And so, but I love the idea of doing, I guess in a sense, we'll just be doing soaking worship music. I would not be afraid to go there and to pray, play, (laughs) to play prophetically. (laughs) I haven't talked to one person on the podcast, let alone in my friend circle, who's like, I have a clarinet and I feel like the Lord's calling me to use it, that you should go for it. Whatever the Lord puts on your heart and know that you are backed by at least this girl. I'm so excited to see where he leads in that. Wow. I think that is so cool. I love it. Thank you. I pre- and I appreciate you being, you know, obedient to say that because like I said, we are a body of Christ and we, we definitely need each other. So I appreciate that. Carla, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for making time for this. I can't even tell you like how fun it has been for me to sit and just talk about the word. It truly just fuels me up <laughs> because the podcast is called Still With You. I would love to know and feel free to answer this however you feel. Where is God still with you? I appreciate you so much for everything. Uh, like you said, the dialogue has been awesome. Even though I am over introvert, this has not been draining. So I appreciate you. <laughs> Good. Being, you know, being yourself and it's really been a sweet time. God has definitely been still with me during the, the course of this year where I have had to put my full trust in God's character in this process of securing a job and having a plan of having a job lined up, having to see that not go as a plan. Yeah. I appreciate that, you know, this is real life and that God never said that we 
wouldn't have trials, but he said that he would be with us, that he would never leave us. He would never forsake us. And so I'm thankful that God is still with me through all of this. Amen. I totally agree. I feel that more than ever. Like I'm going to use the cuss word again, 2020, but like I feel that more (laughs) with everything. Everything that we kind of mentioned earlier, election, injustice that Mm -hmm. is continuing so sadly to happen in our world. He just has authority in it and he's not going anywhere even when everything else feels like it's very heavy. And so I'm grateful for friends like you who remind us that the word is above all, that every knee, every tongue shall bow and like that it is important and vital Mm -hmm. that we are in the word. I just want to tell you that you're welcome back on here anytime. In fact, I really hope that when anchored in enter whatever word you choose to use I hope that we can come back and talk about it and I hope that this gets our friends excited to get to know you better but um, also just to get in the word yes thank you no problem and I appreciate you so much Colby for having me on the show it's truly been a just a warm um, feeling to my heart to be able to do this and share with your listeners and I would most certainly love to be back in the future yes and if you're ever in Pensacola we have to get together or vice versa if I I'm ever in Hattiesburg or Maycomb, I'm going to come and see you. Yes, please. <laughs> it's not that far, honey. <laughs> yes, I would love it. Hey friends, I'm wrapping this up by saying how much I loved having you hang out with Carla and I today. Isn't she amazing? If you would love to connect with her, you can visit her website, CarlaWhitehead.com. You can also find her on social media at Carla K. Whitehead. All of this information and more will be in the show notes of this episode. You can find this on my website, ColeyBrowning.com. Feel free to reach me there. You can also find me on social media. My handle is Coley Browning, K-O-H-L-I-E-M Browning like the rifle. I would love to connect with you. Thank you for being a listener of the show and encourage you in any way that I can. You are the reason why this podcast exists and it is because of your support that we are able to share it on the podcast airwaves. As always, I do want to thank our featured artist of season three, Lily Gray. She has been so generous to share her song Lifted from her album. It's all beautiful right here. Make sure you check out her work, lilygray.com. We are always so thankful for her sharing her music with us. As I mentioned earlier, as this episode is rolling out, a hurricane is coming in, Hurricane Sally. My friends on the Gulf Coast, do be safe and stay in prayer. Again, I am so grateful for you and excited for all of the things that God is doing in your life. Be bold, be brave, be you, and remember that He is still with you. Uh